Hey, Casey. Hey! Welcome, everybody, back to Garden State Mama's podcast. I'm Lisa. I'm here with just Casey tonight. We are moms, as we always say, and Amy just needed a little bit of rest, so we hope that she is getting that rest tonight. It's just the two of us, but we're still going to have a great episode. This episode, again, is the elephant in the room. Just to catch you up on where I'm at, what I'm reading, and all those fun things, I started a book called The Irish Coffee Murders. It's actually three like short stories, all around Irish coffee or Irish coffee plays a role in it and I guess it came out because obviously St. Patrick's Day is not far away. I think it's 31 days away. I'm very excited for that holiday. (laughs) (laughs) So I picked it up from the library. It looked like a quick read. I will say the stories aren't that great. However, every day I read it, I then want an Irish coffee. So I have been craving (laughs) the Irish coffees because Ah. every day I'm reading stories about Irish coffees. And there was a recipe in the book for Irish coffee. So now I feel like I then have to make an Irish coffee. So that is where I'm at. Obviously not doing anything that's super teaching me anything or anything like that. But sometimes you just need a fun book or an easy book to read. And that's what I've got right now. Casey, what are you doing? I have been reading I Know How the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, which I know I've mentioned in previous episodes. I don't know which one, but um, I am not even a quarter way through, and I'm not kidding you, like the first five pages had me like absolutely just like turn page, turn page, turn page, turn page. Like it is, it's an iconic book because it is absolutely just gripping how detailed and poetic that she she just paints such a beautiful picture of this really struggling life during this very specific period of time and um it's it's honestly amazing I, I know that there's a lot of hype around it between, like, the Oprah Book Club. Oprah is, like, Maya Angelou's, like, biggest favorite fan. Um, But it is an incredible, incredible book. So if you have any interest in learning more about um, any kind of black history, black culture... I strongly encourage that you read it. It's it's an it's an incredible read anyway. I mean, it's it's a wonderful book so far. I'm like I'm so excited to finish it. <laughs> so, it actually works quite nicely into this topic, which is our big elephant in the room, our big white elephant in the room, which is the fact that Lisa, Amy, and I are dun 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 all three white cisgender heterosexual white women stay-at-home moms so a lot of that is like we share that and that is like okay we share that common bond and i'm sure that anyone of any mom tribe feels like okay you get me on certain levels and there are certain things that you don't even have to explain and that's just like one of them but that being said Upon starting a podcast like this, we want to be all inclusive and we want to all three of us feel the same way in the fact that we want to raise our kids in a much bigger outlook than we had as kids or um, 
you know, just showing them that the world is so much different than the world that we were taught to see as we were growing up as young, white, straight, you know, little perfect girls in America. So yeah, I'm really excited about this episode because it's definitely a springboard episode for other episodes. So yeah, we definitely want to point out that this is something that we're just dipping our toes into. We have a lot of unlearning to do, a lot of learning to mm. do, mm-hmm. and we are taking that step into being allies and supporters and changing some of our lifestyle so that our children can navigate this much more complicated world with the support of their parents next to them in a, in a way that you know, frankly, I don't think our parents really paid much attention to. So it wasn't passed down. (laughs) Maybe still don't. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard because we're like the precipice of, I mean, the last few years, not just COVID, but, you know, we had political arena issues we had uh, and 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 everything is connected right yeah so um obviously george floyd's death was a major trigger in a lot of our deep dive into our own racial prejudices and you know not just saying we're not racist well guess what Every single person, black, white, brown, whatever, everyone has some sort of predisposed prejudice just based off of their life experiences. Like, it's inevitable. So until you can come to the point where I accept the fact that I am imperfect and I need to work on myself and improve myself not only for myself but for the next generation we have kids we do not want to continue passing down broken ideologies toxic cycles um any of that it's definitely a learning journey and we cannot do it alone and it's just like uh, I, I am constantly just sponging every single thing that I can and a lot of apologizing. I mean, I'm an apologizer because I grew up Catholic anyway. I feel like it's a default like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But for real, wow, like get humble, humble yourself enough to realize that like you are not in the right all the time even if you think what you did was at the time the best you could do guess what sometimes it's still not enough because we just come from a place of privilege we do it's just the way that we've lived our lives and our parents have lived our lives and it's just going to continue on and on until we do the work Someone has to do the work. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not going to end with us. I mean, like, that's another thing is, like, I want my kids to constantly be pushing themselves towards, like, should I have handled that situation better? And knowing that they can come to their parents and their parents aren't going to be standoffish or or hide. You know, there's a lot of things that. Yeah. Things that were. shame, right? 
Yeah. It's it's things that, that we're you're not, not going to hide yeah. from the shame. Like, yes, there's a lot of shame that I bear of like the ignorance that I brought into situations and I am so grateful for the relationships that I've built with my my black friends that I mean I have very few but I'm very blessed to have the ones that I have and those people are very important to me and it's funny because just recently it's just like it's not their job to educate you yeah yeah (laughs) and I'm like crap I made that mistake too because during a lot of like racial upheaval 2020 and George Floyd and a lot of like a lot of like self introspection I literally went to them on social media because that's like my that's my main form of communication with a lot of people and I was just like listen like where where do I go from here right like you know me at this level and you almost if you didn't even have could you imagine not having any friends of color and a lot of people don't yeah and it's just like you can't force that like i wish that i had more friends of color it's just like i grew up in this like crazy white bubble of privilege and it goes back to making friends as adults anyway is already difficult but then if you're not in a place where you're sharing that same space it's very hard to Oh my god! It's hard enough for us to have mom friends, let alone other so many other friendships to to hold on to and things like that. But it's definitely mm-hmm. something that I don't ever want to my son to think that I don't like people just because of the way they look. Yeah, you know, I, I don't ever want him to think like, oh well, I don't know anybody. I mean, obviously, we do have people of color in our in our life, and so it's not like that would ever actually happen but there's not a ton we're not surrounded by it we aren't always with people of color we are often with our white bubble as well and i can't really say fully white bubble because obviously my husband's puerto rican so uh, we have at least color as very close to his own father so i come at it a little differently um, because I am looking at this as a mom, a white mom, trying to prepare my half-brown baby for the future. Your beautiful brown baby. He's so gorgeous. <laughs> like, as soon as I saw pictures of him, I was like, oh my god, he's a model. But he, yeah, I mean, like, and that's something that we discussed prior to recording, but Lisa comes from a totally different place than my husband and I. We're like the whitest of white people, and we literally have a ginger. So I I feel like we're coming from it from like, it's just like white on white on white. Like, oy, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot of pressure, but also we don't deal with the conflict that you've already dealt with. Like, we've not even yet to deal with a lot of that. Yeah, so I have to admit that I never really thought much about how I was going to raise my son in terms of race and gender and privilege. You know, especially gender, that's been very new for us. I make all my attempts to be courteous and I have defaulted since I do own my own business. When I speak to customers, I just default to they, them. Use guys. Use guys. (laughs) I 
just try to cover all my bases as best as I can. But it is a a learning thing. So I'm learning this as well and then have to teach this to to my son. So race, gender, privilege, like all of that. I, I never really thought about it before really the last two years, two or three years. But most importantly is what am I going to teach my son with his tan skin and Spanish last name about how people might treat him Mm -hmm. as a white woman who only recently started experiencing things like relief of others when called upon. So it has not escaped me the slight change in tone or the sigh of relief when I hear Lopez called and then they see me, clearly Mm -hmm. a white woman. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird. It's weird having obviously been a white person my whole life to get that just that little bit of attitude or snark at first and then they see me and it completely changes. And I can yeah. only imagine what it's like to not Ugh. be a clearly white person when I walk up to a counter right. with a Spanish right. last name. Like it, exactly. it's tough. So I have only started just started down this path of what can I say and do to prepare him he's only in kindergarten but he's already begun to bring topics up that I'm like hmm I don't know how I want to approach this or how I should approach this or so this is why I started looking for resources and it's a lot more than I was prepared for and it's a little overwhelming oh a it's lot extremely of unlearning for us because we've never had to experience this stuff. There's a couple of things like around Halloween this year, he brought home a drawing of pumpkins and all the pumpkins that were what looked like a pumpkin, so round with its stem, they all had smiles. He had drawn faces on all of them. And then he drew a square pumpkin with a frown. And when I was asking him about it, he basically said like different was sad. Mm. Like where did that come from? And what is that? Yeah. what is that? And he's in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, no, I I would have gone full blown, like freaking out about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, that's definitely yeah. why I picked up the book, The Raising Anti Racist Children by Britt Hawthorne, mm-hmm. and I had mentioned this in in an earlier episode, just to kind of start somewhere. Yeah. Because I am worried about the future. Part of me is relieved that just looking at my son, you might not know what he is. Right. But I want him. To be proud that he's Puerto Rican. Right. Absolutely. I'm super proud to be Irish and I'm four generations removed and only 19%. But I wear that little bit of Irish proudly and loudly. And I want him to be proud of what he is. So I did pick up that book again. It was just a start. And it actually, it had a a lot of topics that I did not associate with racism and I wasn't expecting it. It focused a lot on capitalism and the patriarchy and a lot of emphasis on knowing like where you're buying from and paying attention to where those companies donate to and support. most people don't realize is absolutely attached to the color of your skin or racism because our country unfortunately was founded on the slavery and use of other people that were brown native americans and obviously african slaves like it's insane that it seems so far-fetched to so many people but i'm like really 
it's directly affecting our economy. Like it's always been tied to our economy. So of course it's attached to capitalism. Right. But when you think about it, you're like, oh, of course. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But like, when would we have sat down and thought about it? Right? Because it never affected us. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like, you know, these companies are like plastering their billboards. Of course like, not. We donated to the no this, that, or the other. Like they don't put it out mm-hmm. there it's something you have to look for oh gosh most of the time they're hiding it right they're putting it in their, <laughs> some other name or, you know. it's like a it's like a secret pact that they're donating money to whatever political yeah and then you have fund. to go down the rabbit hole of you know what does that pact do and this that and who has time for that but and that's how they of, get away with it is who has again time for that? again exactly so this is the thing about like uh, well we could do a whole other episode about capitalism but for real the distraction of consumerism is preying on those of color oh yeah and it always will it always will and like it i'm sorry because it started from the backs of people that have been taken advantage of and there's no going back from that like once it starts from that point it's always going to continue on that trend especially in america and at this so point it's, it's a scary so ingrained and so systemic it is it is very it's it's in everything it's in absolutely everything. every single thing everything i'm definitely changing behaviors at home you know shopping more locally being more aware it's a step and i know i have so many more to climb but small steps small steps still get you there yes and i'm i'm glad i'm paying attention because it would be so easy to ignore other struggles Mm -hmm. because really that's kind of how it's been my whole life is not that i was purposely ignoring it but it it was never you just didn't on my know radar. Any better? Yeah. yeah, you had no idea. You had no idea. I don't want my son ignoring the struggles of others. I hope he becomes an ally and a supporter and changes the world one day. The way that he can do that is by me supporting him and me mm-hmm. being here and learning as much as I can about all of it. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. the color. It's about respecting people's feelings. And we already mentioned that we're heterosexual cisgendered women and i am not going to disrespect somebody else's feelings if they feel that they are not what they look like on the outside and if they go and change what they look like on the outside i'm going to support them i'm going to love them still i want my son to be that way too yeah like i said we are we are learning i am taking steps in the hopes that he can take giant steps. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's funny that you say that because I feel like I know that you're not someone of faith. Right. I will be like the token Christian lady on the podcast. But um, I also don't like to associate myself with like a typical um, traditional Christian because I definitely feel like Christianity has gotten such a bad rap and it almost perfectly aligns last night with the Super Bowl ads of he gets me and um guess what I freaking loved the commercials I was like yes 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 only come to find that it is funded by like Hobby Lobby which is sourced by some like deep pack hate fund 
that, you know, is lobbying against anti-LGBTQ and, like, all this stuff. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> like, I cannot believe that they spent, like, $20 million to rebrand Christianity. And it's in the name of, like, politics at the end of the day. So, like, that makes I me mean, so sad. I mean, color me not surprised No, right, here. exactly. Well, yeah, right. And I feel like that's the juxtaposition of, like, our world of, like, now I've, like, changed all of my bios to, like, Jesus follower instead of Christian. Because I sometimes feel like just because you're a Christian does not mean that you're following, like, the words of Jesus Christ. Anyway. Not to get hella preachy. As soon as you say Jesus Christ, people get hella weird. But <laughs> people are like, oh, God, because I was one of those people. I was like, oh, she's freaking weird. But I come from my husband and I kind of agree that we want to raise our kids in a like Jesus washed the feet of his friends, his the apostles, Mary Magdalene. Like he sat at the humblest point to reach those that were at the poorest, the most discriminated against, the the impoverished, like, I can't even begin to, like, I don't really want to preach, but, like, that is where we come from, is, like, we want to raise our kids to be humble. And if anyone knows the Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Humble and Kind song which is a very i mean like that's country that's hella white territory but like humble and kind is one of our favorite songs it's something that like i have sang to my kids since they were babies and like what else do you want your kids to be besides humble and kind but like there's a lot that goes into that humbling yourself is a lot more than just admitting that you're wrong sometimes like in the terms of racism or homophobia or not understanding I am very new I'm very accepting like I've had many conversations with my husband about like what if our kids are gay what if our kids are transgender what if our kids and you know it's just like we're gonna love them no matter what we're gonna love them because if God made them this way then they are perfect and no matter what they just need to know that they are loved and supported and everything else will fall in place so i kind of feel like the same thing goes for us educating them on the color of their skin goes with the way that they identify their sexuality their gender all of it our parents didn't have to have these conversations with our kids But I'm, like, half glad, half sour about it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm glad that we've come to the point in society and culture that, like, we've become so um, self-actualized, I guess. Like, that it shouldn't matter how you identify. Like, you're a human being. You're a human. You're a human. You're a human. You're a human being. You're a human being. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the sex. It doesn't matter your your gender. Regardless of any of that, you are a human being and you are deserving of every same respect and equality as the next person next to you. Regardless. 
Like, yeah, I think that's really important. The teaching our kids that everyone is human. Yes, it's a human race. Nothing matters as long as every human is respected and taken care of. That's all I want. Like you said, my kid to be kind. And differences aren't to be like scared of, right? Right. Like ask questions. Or sad. Or Just sad. Just because someone's different yes. doesn't mean they're sad. Yes. Just because 100%. someone's different, then it makes me think, is that different kid treated differently? Mm-hmm. And if- Because of what circumstances is he, is that different kid the one out of 20 kids? Exactly. And right? when I asked him like, oh, is someone the pumpkin? It's no, it's just mm. pumpkin. And so like he doesn't connect it that way. But there's definitely mm. something there and something that's already brewing. And I don't know what it kids is. Kids brains. Yeah, kids brains are so interesting, especially through art. It's like very revealing of their inner psychology. Yeah, he just started painting monsters and I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> but yes, they're little brains like it's. I mean, let's not even begin to talk about the sleep cycles and the growth spurts and all that. They really are processing things on such another level. I mean, I'm sure every mom listening to this is like, absolutely, my kids are are hearing things and seeing things that, you know, they don't realize that they're hearing and seeing. It's just life. I'm dipping my toe and gathering resources. So if you have any resources that you guys really like, if they're on Instagram or on Facebook, send them over to the Garden State Mamas Instagram page, Facebook page, all that. You can even email us at gardenstatemamas at gmail.com because we could definitely use all the resources we can get. I know I have started buying like books, getting books from the library for my son that are his age appropriate just to put you know, characters of of color as the main characters and things like that. I could also use any tips, tricks uh, from other white women who are raising mixed babies on on what you are doing when those conversations come up, because it's definitely a new world for me. And I don't think I realized it would happen so soon. I thought maybe I'd have more time, but that's just the procrastinating part of me that always comes out. So I'm not surprised that I wasn't prepared for this six years (laughs) into having my child, but uh, it is what it is. And so I'm, I'm going to keep, keep learning, keep unlearning the things that I, I have learned and just becoming myself a better human to make sure my son is a better human. Yeah. We, we do have several podcasts, movies, books, Instagram accounts, and YouTube accounts that we will be posting, um, that we personally have used. But again, like Lisa said, if you have something that you love that you've been using as a resource point, we are ready for it. Please send it to us, message it to us, tag us. I've actually had a couple friends tag the Garden State Mamas on the Instagram page for like TikToks and like, you know, the videos. And I was like, yes, 100%. That's right down our alley. So regardless of whatever it is, but especially on this topic, we are, like Lisa said, at the precipice. We're we're just starting this journey. Definitely more episodes to update and and to come as far as that is concerned. But um, if I could suggest right off the bat, um, if you haven't started at all, I would really suggest you watch 13th. 
It is a movie um, that you can stream on Netflix. It is based around the 13th Amendment, which was abolishing slavery. But it basically starts at that point and then goes from there to the evolution of where we are today. Um, So it goes through all the Jim Crow and, like, civil rights action movements. Every single law that was put into effect that affected people of color, um, especially the black community. And it honestly changed my entire perspective and and life. We actually watched it twice. It wasn't until the second time that, like... We watched it and really it sunk in, which I, I think (laughs) we were almost in denial the first time that we watched it. We were like, wow, that was a lot. Like we couldn't even begin to unwrap it the first time that we watched it. So the green book, which did win an Oscar, um, that's streamable on Hulu. That is an excellent movie. It is about a civil rights era-ish. There's a white driver that's been hired to drive this black pianist into the South that is segregated. And the Green Book is where the the black people were basically welcomed like this is the green book of like you need to be able to stay at these places this is where black people are accepted and so on and so forth and this is the etiquette and it is it's amazing as far as gender goes i cannot stress i'm we're obsessed with john stewart i always watch the daily show back in the day i still watch the daily show i already miss trevor noah but uh the problem with john stewart is an on apple tv um i know not everyone can get that but you can find it on youtube season one episode eight is racism it's an excellent episode and then season two episode one is the war over gender and if you have any questions over things going on with transgender going on in schools and your state the laws that are being passed I really strongly suggest watching this because it really clearly identifies some serious aggressively placed laws that are truly just discriminating and honestly i i truly feel like not even the politicians that are supporting the laws understand the implications of how far the implications go and the resources have stopped for the families and the children that are at need and it's a really great episode again we have lots of podcasts Nice White Parents, I Love, Intersectionality Matters is awesome, Books, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Acho is incredible. I'm sure a lot of people saw it on YouTube. Joanna Gaines and her family did like a whole interview 
back and forth with him. There's a lot of stuff. I will be posting it on the Instagram page. <laughs> I will, like, break it down, like, here are our podcasts, here are the movies, here are the books, here are the Instagram accounts, here are the YouTube accounts, because there's just so much that regardless of, like, where you find your comfort zone, there's something, there's something to learn. Most recent episode of Rabia and Ellen Solve the Case they actually did Martin Luther King. No. Was not cut and dry who actually assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. And mm-hmm. I, I knew that he obviously wasn't well liked in the time. Mm-hmm. And it took a really long time for us to realize the importance of the work that he did. But I did not know that there was so many questions around his murder oh, yeah. and I will put this in the show notes of who the guest was because she is a historian and she had a lot of really good points of the historical part of the civil rights movement and, and everything like that so I will put in the show notes who that guest was because I can't think of it off the top of my head but I was blown away and also I learned so much about just that time period of the civil rights movement and and things again that I did not know and I am kind of a history buff and I know more than a lot of people because I was always interested in the civil war so I have more knowledge than a lot of people when it comes right. to that time that period. our education system our public education I did, did go to New us. Jersey public school which New Jersey's rated number one in the country so we do get a really good education and i i should say that because like i loved i went to an incredibly progressive high school where the teachers were phenomenal like i loved my high school experience and looking back it was as inclusive as i could imagine it being in you know i graduated class of 2006 so it's like i look back and i'm like wow you know, for a 99.9% white high school, these teachers really were trying to, like, make us understand the the full weight of, of all of it. So there's a lot. There's a lot to be learned here. <laughs> yes. And so this is going to be a, a quick episode compared to the, the ones that we have been launching, mainly because, like we said, we're just dipping our toes in, into this topic and, and we want we want help. We we're reaching out to the mom tribe universe to help us in, help. in this path. And <laughs> we want to do this right. We want to do this right by people of color. We want to do this right by the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Shout out to the Gay Guy Candle Company who donates a portion yes. of his proceeds to LGBTQ charities all across the the country. He's amazing. I love his candles. So that's a plug for if you're looking for candles and you want to support the LGBTQ community, I will link his Instagram on there. He's also absolutely hilarious on Twitter. I have canceled my Twitter account though, so I unfortunately only get him on Instagram these days. Another company that supports LGBTQ and is also absolutely hilarious on Twitter is One Fresh Pillow Company. So if you're looking for new pillows or new sheets, they are a great company that are very progressive and very supportive of everyone. Um, They're also in Florida and they are fighting the good fight down there. Uh, as best as they can 
That's an uphill battle. They are the company that donated the pillows and the sleep masks to the military that was at the Capitol after January 6th. Wow. So when they saw the pictures that they were sleeping on the floor in the Capitol building, they donated all the pillows and sleep masks that they had left and sent them That's to amazing. Washington, D.C. So they're an amazing company. I have their pillows. They recycle their pillows. So that was also important to me. You can actually get a subscription and then you can send your old one back and they'll recycle it for you. Stop. Just given some recommendations of companies that we that I really enjoy. Now, next week, we are going to jump into the struggle with healthcare, um, choosing plans, the cost of healthcare, having sick kids. And I think a topic that us mamas have probably all dealt with is women being ignored or not believed by the healthcare system. Mm. And that's going to probably be a larger portion of it. We can get into as much healthcare talk when it comes to plans and how employers should not control the plans that we have to keep us healthy and alive. But we do want to talk about the struggles we have as women when it comes to finding primary care doctors and ones that we trust and trusting Western medicine, the granola moms with elderberry syrup, not that I have anything against that but you know I don't know anything about that because I've always been told that you go to the doctors and now the doctors are failing and right. we're failing me I won't speak to for everybody else but just this mindset of like there's got to be better ways what are those ways yeah how can we fix this broken healthcare system and then maybe we'll even throw in our birth stories because we have those and all of them are different between all of us so we may depending on how long that episode gets but that's something to look forward to next week we want to thank everybody who has already listened to our podcast across all the different platforms spotify yes. apple google amazon Pocket Cast, stitcher we're on all of them we are completely astounded by the amount of people who have Seriously. already <laughs> listened i can tell you i thought it would take us weeks to get to 10 listens and as of today we're at 56 already so thank, thank you thank you, you thank you we really do appreciate and especially you if you're listening. listening to this one then you're really sticking around <laughs> Yeah. But we really do appreciate that you're coming back, that you're listening to us. And we really hope that you have found a mom tribe in us and that we can be here for you and you can be here for us. And remember, you can hit us up on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram. Is that all that we're on, Casey? Facebook, Instagram, uh, no Twitter at this point. I think we've all lost hope in Twitter. We're Garden State Mamas through and through. If you search Garden State Mamas, we're going to pop up. So... Just pop us a message, no matter what. Uh, Gmail, Garden State Mamas. Our blog is gardenstatemamas.wordpress.com. Same. Instagram, Garden State Mamas. Facebook, Garden State Mamas. And keep sharing the podcast to all your friends and mom friends and non-mom friends. Hell, share it with your dad friends. They're funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> They're right there with us complaining about all these themes. Is your husband school. listening to them? Because my husband's now listening to them. And he's like, do you no. do you want my critique? And I was like, yes, I do. So it's just like really funny because I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I have to like prepare myself. <laughs> so again, thank you, everybody, for coming out and listening to the us Garden State Mamas. Amy, we hope that you are getting some rest. You. We know you need it. We all need it. Yes. We totally understand yes. that you couldn't make it tonight. We love you. Self-care. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.